Disney Vault Talk is brought to you by Tops. Tops has been in the trading card business since 1950, and they are the name in collectible trading cards. Everything from their flagship baseball collection all the way to Star Wars. Check out Star Wars Journey to the Last Jedi, the set that's out right now, available at retailers and hobby shops everywhere, as well as the Star Wars Card Trader app, where you can get cards from across the Star Wars saga, including the TV shows we all know and love, The Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Tops, rediscover the joy of collecting. From magical movies, movies. All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. To unforgettable adventures. Well, once there was a princess. I'm an outlaw, that's what. That's no life for a lovely lady always on the run. From the thrill of the theater to the comfort of your home. Do you want to build a snowman? You can always count on something new from Disney. That's why they call me Thumper. The bother, bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your stuff. Look, have I got it? The magic feather. Now you can fly. Ohana means family. Just a sec. Buzz, will you get up here and give me a hand? <laughs> I'm taking you to someplace pretty special. You won't find him here. <laughs> the king has returned. Join us for discussion and commentary as we open the Disney Vault with your hosts, Steve Glosson and Teresa Delgado. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Vault Talk, the most magical podcast in the Goliverse and on the internet. My name is Steve Glosson, and I am happy to be with you as we discuss the movie Zootopia. We have a special guest coming up very soon. We're looking forward to having her on. But for now, it's me, and it is, of course, the heart and soul of Disney Vault Talk, ladies and gentlemen. She, you know her best as, well, the lovely, the talented, the powerful, Teresa Delgado. Hello, Teresa. Yeah, tops. Woo, go tops. <laughs> Wait, oh, what? <laughs> collect top, collect cards. Oh man, I. Yeah. <laughs> I was like holding it in. I was like, tops. You should have. You should have jumped on that. Now, when we do the mid roll, I'm going to expect that from you. Oh, man. All right. 
So, hey, Steve. Hey, Teresa. Are we porg casting tonight? We, well, I don't know. We're, we, mm, <laughs> no, but when I tell you what, I'm going to steal that from you. Uh, <laughs> well, you steal things from people all the time. When apparently. we're doing, what, what? Oh, yeah, that's true. If you listen to the latest Rebel Yell, I sure do. Unintentionally, of course. But I tell you what, when we do our last Jedi review, we'll definitely be porg casting then. But you know what's sad about that? What's we won't that? We'll be doing it together. I know, room. I know. It makes me sad because as well. Because people don't want to come and see me. That no. Now look, that's not the thing. That's not. The, <laughs> that's not the deal. I would love to <laughs> so be. Sad. You have no idea. I would love to be able to come back out there again. <laughs> I loved being out there for the Force Awakens. I love Austin. Um, I, I love your mom. I love the time we all got to spend together and. Just sitting around that night at your mom's kitchen table podcasting was so much fun. Right down to having to do the theme song for ourselves. Oh, that was funny, yeah. It was good times. So, um, so yeah, please understand, it's not that I don't want to. It's a matter of being unable to. But See, that's what happens when you go and get jobs. That's right. A real job, yeah. Yeah. When, you, when you go and get a real job with real responsibility. Yeah. Malolo has it on the nose. We had a tradition. You yeah, broke it. That's right. We had a tradition of one time doing something. That's true. Um, I The thing is, what's, what's really crazy is, and I told you this on the phone the other night, my responsibility like jumped up, not, not, not my personal responsibility that I take and have, but the responsibilities that I'm now responsible for, like increased by like 10. Yeah, they went you from know, like kind of nothing in a, to in a day, everything. In a day. Like in in a matter of like minutes, just boom, it's crazy. Um, yeah. So just be like people that are all like, "What's happening to Disney Vault Dog? Is it ever gonna come back?" You know, schedules. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Well, being I'll, a podcaster is hard. Steve. Well, yeah, and I'll give you a for example. Yesterday, um, three, I, three. I, I was used to doing Rebel Yell on Wednesday nights, and for some reason, even though we talked about doing Thursday, I was I came to a point where I was thinking all week long, well, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, and I had scheduled to do Mark Out Loud with Dave on Thursday back at the beginning of the week, and then I started looking at the text and everything. I'm like, oh, my Lance, it's Thursday. We're doing Rebel Yell. And so I got with Dave. I'm like, how early can we do Mark Out Loud? This is what's going on, and I didn't want to bump that show because we had to get one out for the month. And... um and and so I did that, and then I still had. We started last night at Geek Out Loud our Stranger Things rewatch. That I'm doing one each night, leading up to the drop, the debut of Stranger Things two on the 27th. And so I did three podcasts um, uh, yesterday. I've done three today. I did the Big Honkin' Show for the radio. I did the Stranger Things uh, rewatch in chapter two, and now we're doing this, which I'm loving it. Don't get me wrong; it's kind of it's almost warm up for the uh, for the marathon in January. So I guess I guess I could say I'm now in marathon training. Hmm. Which we do have. I a... just we just have breaking news, Steve. What's that? Star Wars. Uh, the at Star Wars Twitter account has just tweeted new Star Wars Rebels episodes will premiere Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Pacific on Disney XD and 12.01 Eastern on Disney Now beginning 10.23. Wow. So they're not doing the all day airing 
like they had previously. Huh. Interessante. So that's just the on-demand stuff? I'm so lost. Hang on a second. I need a calendar. That's Monday. So, okay. So it's going to be on the Disney Now app starting on Monday. So Monday the 23rd is the next episode. Mm Mm-hmm. It will be available on the Disney out Disney Now app at 12:01 a.m. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to do five airings like mm. it did this past Monday. Okay. It's just going to be at 9 p.m. Okay, gotcha. And it'll be so 12:01 a.m. Eastern. Does that mean 12:01 Monday or yeah, 12:01 Monday or 12:01 Tuesday? No, 12.01 Monday morning, I think. Okay. Well, I guess we'll find out on Monday. I'll be up at 12.01, and I'll check it. All right. And if it's not there, then we'll know that it's Tuesday. All right. Well, that's <laughs> however that works is fine. Um, but that's – why do you think they did that? Probably because I, I think was, I think they were doing something big for the season premiere, you know, showing it multiple times during the day. Hmm. Um, I think that was part of it. But I also think that I saw a lot of people complaining online – that folks, because see, the way I'm reading this is that it'll be midnight after it airs to be available on Disney now. Maybe not. Maybe it'll start that Monday. But I saw some people complaining that folks had already seen the premiere like that morning, Monday morning. Well, I did. I watched it at 4 a.m. Monday morning because I couldn't sleep. So mm-hmm. I got up and I watched it. And I saw some people kind of griping, like, because there were people commenting as they do on social media. Well, I didn't do that. I was like, "Hey, no spoilers, people. Be nice to others." Yeah, I'm you not. Know? Look, I'm not. I'm not coming down on you, Teresa. No, I know. I'm just saying, like, people should be like me, right? Uh, and not not mess things up. By the people. by, the way, completely agree. In <laughs> fact, that's that's one of the goal of verse ten commandments: be more like Teresa. Everybody, everybody, be more like Teresa. <laughs> um. So yeah. But uh yeah, it's uh it, it that's interesting. I think they were just kind of trying to do something really special for the season premiere and um and get that out there and and start to really ramp up conversation about this final season. Nine o'clock airing though on XD seems a little late to well, me. Well, Matt's because there's gonna be a lot of death. Okay. I'll just say it. Say it like, like it is. Like in this movie, like in this movie, blood, blood, blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we'll get there with old Zootopia here starting pretty soon. Um, but first, let's get into some emails, Teresa. When you mail a letter, you can send it anywhere. On foot, by truck, by aeroplane, the postman gets it there. So write a letter to a friend, maybe she'll write you. No matter what, you always know the mail must go through. We need those letters. From General Lee, dear son, we're waiting for the Huns at the pass. It would mean a lot if you'd come and back us up. Oh, can you read this? There's no pictures. Then I'll put that flea in a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, ah, I'll smash it with a All right, do you want to start us off here? Sure. Okay. All right, this is from Scott Hendricks from May of this year. (laughs) 
Hi, Teresa and Steve. Five months ago, ladies and gentlemen. Five months ago. Uh, I'm going to pause this for a second. Okay. So, what do I want from Burger King? What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. A Whopper Junior meal with no tomatoes and a Dr. Pepper. How mm, does that sound? That sounds great. All right. See... This is real life, people, of a podcaster. Your husband gets you food on the way home. Yeah. Yes, Mom, Burger King. It's right across from Walgreens. No, I had Whataburger the other day. Can't have that again. Actually, what I really should not be eating is fast food because it makes you fat, which is what it's doing to me. But that's beside the point. (laughs) Okay. Hi, Teresa and Steve. I'm on my fourth episode today. <laughs> Scott's so, he's like caught up now, which is ridiculous. That's why it's so funny. I'm listening to Make Mine Music as I'm cleaning Dirk the Daring drawings on my computer. What's Dirk the Daring? Dirk the Daring, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, chat. I'm going to do a quick thing. I think he is the, the character from um, the Dragon's Lair, the, the Don Bluth thing that... Um, that Scott was working on when they did the Kickstarter for a new Dragon's Lair mm. cartoon. He was the, the old video game. It started as a video game back in the 80s, and then they, there was actually a cartoon um, with him. And, and the video game itself looks cartoony. It's Don Bluth cartoon imagery. It was so hard. Mm. He goes on to say, You guys are like a couple of my buds, and I'm listening to a conversation. I answer questions like I'm right there. I kept hearing about leaving a rating on iTunes, so I did. I think I'm 107. We now have 112 ratings, 83 reviews. We'd like to get to 100 reviews before 2018. That'd be fantastic. And Wait, where are we at? We're at how many? We're at 112 ratings, but only 83 reviews. We 83 need, reviews. We need right, 17 guys. reviews to get to 100 before 2018. I want 17 reviews mm, by Thanksgiving. Wow. And I'm giving us some time, because we're going to do Moana next week, which means we come to the end of the animated canon. So what I'm saying is, if y'all want us to continue to Pixar, we need 17 reviews. Wow. Otherwise, we're just going to sit here and talk about... What? Crappy animated movies, like... Mm Mm-hmm. Secret Life of Pets. Okay. <laughs> Which I really don't want to watch. Don't make me do that. Now people are going to be yeah, like, see, okay, now no you, Yeah, now you've signed your death warrant with that as Man, far as that's no. concerned. Okay, so, but no, 17 reviews by Thanksgiving. That's what I would like. Well, but 2000, I mean, I was trying to give an extra month. Why not Thanksgiving? Okay, that's fine. Thanksgiving. Give us something to be thankful about. All right. Fair enough. All right, let's see. Uh, I've been listening from old to new, but I think I'm going to change direction so that I can be current with you or with what you are talking about as far as Facebook postings as well as Twitter. Like I said before, I'm loving the show and all you both bring to it. You both have infectious laughs and engaging personalities. Hope you have a great week. All magic all day long. I can look at my planner and see what I was doing that week and let you know if it was good or not. Or a great five months, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) Since he emailed in May. Uh, Scott has become a good friend of the show. And Scott has actually, he just had some surgery on his hand. And I've put off really kind of mentioning that he 
he was before surgery taking commissions, and I'm sure that if you get in touch with him now, um, he'll he'll go ahead and put that commission down for you and ready to do once he's perfectly healed up and everything. He um, before his surgery, he actually did you see the Ewok Jedi? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did that for my friend Derek's daughter Wesley, and um, he was uh, he was so kind to do that, and he is taking. Um, he's taking commissions or he was taking commissions. Look, you can look at his stuff at scotthenricksart.blogspot.com. So check him out. Scott's become a great friend of the whole Goliverse, not just this show, but all of the Goliverse. He's in the Mixler chat a lot of, when we're doing stuff and, um, just a great, great guy and a great friend of the show. We're glad to have him along with us. Uh, Jay Thornton back in June emailed. He said, Hey, Stephen Teresa, I recently discovered DVT and love it. I'm flying through the back catalog in a nonlinear fashion, listening to what sounds good at the time. I just started The Great Mouse Detective. I was a cast member at the Disney Store in Overland Park, Kansas, for, in, for four years in the mid-90s and worked on stage, the Disney catalog, for two years following that, which was also located in uh, OP, Kansas? Overland Park, Kansas. All right, there it is. That's where the OP stands for. You down with that? I am. After six years, I was Disneyland, I was Disneyed out. But a few years ago, a good friend of mine moved to Orlando, and I've been down to visit a few times. We've gone to Disney World each time, and it has reinvigorated my love of Disney movies. Your podcast has also helped, almost like having friends to discuss it with. I may or may not sometimes talk back to you while in the car, usually when Steve mispronounces words like baboon. Hmm. I don't, I don't know what you mean, Jay. Baboon. I'm, conc- <laughs> I'm including a short video to help you with this, Steve. Let's see what this. Let's see what this video is. I haven't clicked on this yet. Let's see. <laughs> How to say or pronounce baboon? Baboon. An easy word to pronounce. It is baboon. 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 <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> huh. Jay, can you please all email us more? An easy word to pronounce, baboon. Here I will show you how to say or pronounce baboon, Mm. baboon, Mm -hmm. an easy word to pronounce. Oh, it's an easy word to pronounce. I don't, I don't see the difference, baboon. I'm saying it just like the computer voice, baboon. Anyhow. Penguin. 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 (laughs) Here are my top 10 favorite Disney songs. Shiny from Moana. Pretty much the whole Moana soundtrack could be on this. Was that a good O or a bad O? That's a good O. All right. The main title sequence from Winnie the Pooh 2011 with Zoe Deschanel. Uh, Be Our Guest from Beauty and the Beast. Thomas O'Malley uh, from Aristocats. Best of Friends from Fox and the Hound. So simple, so innocent, so sad. But I love it. And I believe Fox and the Hound remains our saddest, most depressing episode of Disney Vault Talk ever. Life in the Arcade from Wreck-It Ralph perfectly captures the sounds of my childhood from the arcade. Uh, Jig from Little Mermaid. Every song on this list could be from Alan Minken, but I'll share the love. When We're Human by The Princess and the Frog, or On the Princess and the Frog. The Circle of Life from The Lion King. This is probably the most iconic opening to any movie, not just a Disney movie, but any movie. I Am Moana, Song of Our Ancestors. This song is like the Rocky theme. Listening to it makes me believe I can do anything. And when she sings I Am Moana at the end, oh my lanta. Thank you both for enhancing my Disney experience. I love this movie. Guy, I can't wait. Next week, next week. Sorry, not sorry for the long email, and that's from Jay. (laughs) Sorry. It wasn't long. No, not at all. People keep saying that. It kind of become a joke. Well, yeah, true. 
That should be our next T-shirt. Sorry for the long email. Sorry for the sorry not sorry. Sorry not sorry. <laughs> for the long, it should say on the front sorry not sorry, and on the back it should say for the long email. Let's hear how Emma says it. Uh-huh. Emma saying dot com. Baboon. Uh huh. See. Baboon. Emma hit. There it is. I, I thought it was baboon. Emma's taking a long time. Well, it depends on who you ask. Emma took a long time. Baboon. Baboon. See? Here's dictionary voice. Baboon. Baboon. See? Baboon. Wait, wait a minute. Come on. Baboon. Whoa. Wow, they're just giving us all kinds of stuff here. Baboon. Uh-huh, there it is. Baboon. Now look, I well, I think that there's half right and half wrong there. next email is from Lauren from June and she says hola Teresa and Steve I hope you're both doing well I know I've emailed you a lot over the last year I enjoy sharing my thoughts of Disney with you too I'm really excited about your Wreck-It Ralph episode I enjoyed this movie immensely because it brought back some good memories of my childhood my older brother Ray and I would play video games together on the weekends he had Super Mario Brothers, Yoshi and Duck Hunt those times were fun, and we got along. <laughs> when I was eight or nine, I received my own Sega, uh, Sega system for Christmas. I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog, Pac-Man, and Aladdin, as well as Lion King. My favorite level in the Lion King was Hakuna Matata. Uh, wait, what? My favorite level in the Lion King was Hakuna Matata because of the frogs and all the hills Slimba, Simba slid down. Oh, yeah, I remember that level. <laughs> Took me a minute. I spent more enjoyable hours trying to beat Mickey Mania and collecting as many rings as I could with Sonic. Watching Wreck-It Ralph in theaters brought back those memories for me as I recognized characters from beloved games. I like how Ralph was determined to break stereotypes in order to use his full potential and show the world he could be more than what society said he was. That's a great message for anyone. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on the movie. Adios, Lauren. Yay! I love Wreck-It Ralph. I think it's a great movie. Wreck-It Ralph's fun. Yeah, I really so love fun. Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, so, yeah, You're not now, a bad guy. Teresa, do you know how to pronounce the word R-U-R-A-L? What? Not urban, but... Rural? Rural. Rural. <laughs> Billy, Bob, and Mary Lou live in a rural area. No, it's a, no, they don't live in a rural area. They live in a rural. Uh-uh, it's official. Rural. Mm mm. I don't know what you're talking about. They live in a rural area. Rural. This is a great side. uh, This is a great group of videos at YouTube that they actually pronounce things wrong. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's hilarious. For example, ambulance. Ambulance. Hold on. Ambulance. Ambulance. It sucks that EMTs have to wear Kevlar jackets when they answer calls on their ambulance. 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 It's fun ambulance. stuff. Anyhow. All right. Um, <laughs> baboon. Baboon. Um, well, let's get into some Disney Watch. Watch it, watch, watch it. Watch yourself. Bob, who goes there? Watch it now. Watch it, watch it. Watch it, my boy. Disney Watch. All right, Teresa, what do we got in the old Disney Watch? 
Well, we have some cool stuff, actually. Mm-hmm. So this first one that we have, it, I titled it in the show notes, Little Celebrities and Their Favorite Disney Films. Okay. It's about Prince George. Oh. So Prince William at this function he was at in Paddington, uh, at the Paddington train station, he said that his four-year-old Prince George is a Disney fan and he quite likes The Lion King. He quite likes The Lion King. Then he mentions Octonauts and the Lego movies. But he also said that they try to make sure he doesn't watch too much TV. Mm-hmm. Of course not, because that would be bad for him. Right. Um, but what else was in this oh, I can't talk. What else was in this article is that Simon Cowell has previously revealed that his son Eric, who's three, is a fan of The Lion King also. Mm-hmm. And when Eric was a toddler, Simon shared a photo on Twitter of the father son duo watching the film together. Oh. Who knew that Simon had a heart? And then earlier this summer, William and Kate opened up about their favorite TV programs, and I thought you would think this was cool. Um, during a tour of Germany, they attended a welcome reception in Berlin and got to meet um, some of the actors from Game of Thrones because they really like Game of Thrones. Okay. And to me, it's interesting that the royals like Game of Thrones. Well, you know, I mean, let's not, and let's not skip over the royals like the Lion King. Yes, because... They just want to be king. Mm-hmm. Or they can't wait to be king. <laughs> both exactly. of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's funny. I just thought it was cute. I was like, aw, George likes the Lion King. Mm-hmm. How perfect. That's cool. All I- right, this next thing we have, this is interesting. Right. This is very interesting. So Netflix, of course, is getting ready to encounter a time where they no longer have Disney fil- films in order to help their i don't know drive of people subscribing to netflix because right right. right now they've got star wars and they've got marvel and they have all the marvel Mm -hmm. unique programs and all this stuff so they're trying to get ready for an age of no disney right and i found this article that's saying that disney is going to well as disney leaves because they're going to have their own streaming service towards the end of 2019 netflix is looking at producing 80 original films in 2018 wow 80 wow that's insane that's like the hallmark channel on steroids yeah (laughs) and they make a lot good line by the way well played (laughs) well played um yeah, but you know, I I wonder if some of these are when you when they say they're producing them, I wonder if they're coming on as like we're just putting a little bit of money and we're going to be one of the companies that is you know like an independent kind of film where they're like, well, we'll throw five hundred thousand at you to do this little film, and or we'll throw this and that, and as long as we get the rights to show it, that kind of thing. Because um, I don't know, I don't know that they have a production company able to do that you know, a lot of what they do is outsourced anyway for for them to have content does that make does what i'm saying make sense here mm-hmm. um but i do know that losing disney is a big hit and we talked a lot in the last episode about this new disney streaming uh service that they're working on um and 
and what that could entail. But, you know, there is the, the flip side of that is what does that mean for Netflix, who had this sweet deal with Disney and now, you know, something we were all excited about is now gone from from Netflix, you know, who they are still kind of the, they are the, the walking dog, as it were, of streaming movie services. You know, mm-hmm. no one else has done it the way they have. Hulu is kind of called up. Um, and they've got some original content that's caught, you know, that's that's kind of caused some people to raise their eyes a little bit and say, "Hey, check this out." Um, Amazon Prime has a little bit, you know. There's some Emmy winners there, but at the end of the day, Netflix is still that. There, you know, when it comes to the pop culture touchstones, Netflix is doing their thing, and um, and so it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. But man, eighty films. But, you know, here's the thing. I feel like Netflix is shooting themselves in the foot because they had a good stream of series where there wasn't too many Netflix original series. There was enough that you could kind of look at them and see what you wanted to watch. But now there's so dang many of those things Mm -hmm. that I'm almost like, "Mm, this is like overkill. You know, I feel like they're like, there's just too much. And, Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But 80 films in a year? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm serious. Hallmark <laughs> Channel at Christmas time, people. And not only that, but the Hallmark Channel makes like you've got summer and you've got 10 new movies. And then for Christmas, you've got like, you know, 20 new movies. And you have to watch every day leading up to Christmas, you know? And it's just like, what? Well, you don't have to. No, but you do because they're all good. <laughs> no, you do. <laughs> There's this cookie one from last year that was really good. My mom knows the movie. It was like Christmas cookies or something. It, oh, it was just, it was good. I do like cookies now. But it was like the cookie <clears throat> company was going out of business mm-hmm. and this guy, something. They were trying to like, they realized, oh no, we don't want to fire all these people because then what will happen to them? Because she falls in love with one of them, you know, and like it's like big business discovers little business mm-hmm. and how important it is and family and blah 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 blah. You well, know? what what's really interesting <laughs> to me is I'm looking at a, I'm just looking at a blurb here um, that it that they told in in a letter to its investors that they said. Um, it's going to increase spending on original content from seven billion to eight billion. That's b b b billion uh, within the next year. And I'm just like, where's that money coming from? Because you don't have advertisements on Netflix. Um, you know, their their money comes directly from subscribers. Mm-hmm. And and I can't imagine um, there being enough subscribers. I, you know, I guess there may be some marketing things that they have, some licensing things, but I can't imagine it being enough to make a dent in, in what they need to do. And and so I just feel like that maybe, I, I you know, I'm like you. It's a little much considering what they've got, but, you know, you, hope, you would think that they know what they're doing better than I know what they're doing. Um, but when you talk about having new content, the content has to be quality. You can't just do the spaghetti throw a lot of it up against the wall and see what sticks. Well, see, that's the thing. And not all their Netflix original series are good. I 100% agree with that. They're not all good. I'm sorry, but Netflix, no. Well, I mean, and but the truth is, you know, when you look at TV networks, not all their stuff is good. You know, there there's a lot of, you know, when you hit pilot season, there's a lot of new stuff they'll get sometimes. And it's it's rare that something is a hit. When you think about 
how long television has been around and how many series have actually been long-lasting hits, it's, you know, it's few and far between. It's like making the major leagues. And, That's true. And so, what, but what you see in, in a situation like this is you're, you're seeing it all kind of in a condensed moment because they don't do a weekly thing and it's not, they don't have seasons. It's like they just start releasing stuff. And, you know, and so I don't know what they're considering like original. This is saying films. This is even saying series. This is saying films uh, that you're getting Netflix original films. And so there's also this thing happening now between some of these streaming services and not only television networks and cable providers, but now also Hollywood and, and the movie companies that are out there, you know, the movie studio systems that, you know, that that as people are beginning to consume entertainment differently you know studios and networks are being forced to catch up with that style of consumption and for a while they were happy to parse it out to say hulu or what have you but now it's like no we're going to do our own thing cbs was kind of the first network to do that um and make you pay for it cw has an app that you can watch it's actually pretty stable on the apple tv that they don't make you pay but they also have advertisers in that you know so um, it's just, it's a weird, it, it's a weird time. And what we're seeing is kind of similar to what we saw back in the early 2000s, late nineties with Napster. And we're seeing content and, and entertainment now transitioning into a new way of being consumed, uh, you know, right in your pocket, on your iPad, on your television, you know, via a smart device of some sort. And, um, and the studios and the networks are all rushing to keep up. Meanwhile, what Netflix is trying to do, net, the challenge that Netflix has is to remain relevant and not just rely on content that they don't have that could go away at any time. You know, as Warner Brothers may catch on, you know, you think of some of the stuff that's out there that isn't on Netflix that, you know, would be huge for them to have. The Harry Potter series comes to mind. Warner Brothers doesn't necessarily have a streaming service, um, you know, but they also haven't said, yeah, we'll let you have these movies to stream either. And so you're you're looking at there's some sometimes there's some of these bigger name movies that just never make it to these services because you know there's more the studio sees there's more money to be had in Blu-ray and DVD sales or making you buy them through iTunes or Amazon Prime or what have you. And so Netflix is now having to figure out how do we stay relevant? How do we stay especially with Disney? I mean cuz they were set. Netflix was set with the Disney deal. Um but unfortunately, that deal expires in 2019. So, you know, in thinking, and, and I guarantee you, they went in that thinking, well, this is the perfect place. This is the perfect marriage for Netflix and Disney. And then Disney's like, no, you know what the perfect marriage for us would be? Our own streaming service. We're Disney for crying mm-hmm. out loud. So now, and so, yeah, you know, this is Netflix kind of scrambling to have content once one of their biggest names in providing is gone. Yeah. Well, Carissa brought something up that it's hard to do streaming only without a cable subscription because so many of the on-demand apps require a cable subscription. Right. Not, well, yes and no, because I have PlayStation View and I pay way less for PlayStation View than I did for cable. And I get live TV on certain channels, not everything, but all I have to do is buy like a $10 antenna and I would get ABC, Mm -hmm. you know, because you get your normal channels with just like an antenna. And then PlayStation View gets me access to pretty much all of the on-demand content because it's one of the providers. So 
if you go that route, you can do it. And one of the things I like about PlayStation View is it has an online streaming like DVR system. Mm-hmm. So I can save the shows. And it's not like, oh, what's that one that the guy from Machete always tries you to get? Uh, Sling uh, TV. Yeah, Sling TV. It's mm-hmm. not like Sling TV where it's only live. Like you have all these on-demand things, which is great. Well, now, so, well, now Sling does on-demand as well. Well, it's new. It's newer, and right. they don't have the DVR thing. So, right. like, so I can save shows on on PlayStation View, and then just go there, and then I have the DVR, and I can get like every single episode. It's different. It's it's very it's very cool actually, and you don't have to have a PlayStation to have PlayStation View. Um, you just have to have like an. I think Apple TV has it, and like Amazon Fire Stick and stuff like that. Uh, I think it does work with PlayStation Three. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I love my PlayStation View. We actually vetted this whole thing for a long time before we did it, mm-hmm. and since we've done it, everything has been great. I haven't missed cable at all. The only thing I've missed is that I'm not getting to watch Dancing with the Stars live right now because we don't have an antenna. <laughs> Oh, so said, I have to wait until the next day. Yeah, that sounds like uh, something Mama Glosson would say, by the way. <laughs> so we need an antenna. And once we get that, then I can watch. Uh... So if you have Apple TV, it should work. Mm-hmm. Uh, PlayStation View. It just depends on the version of Apple TV I think you have. Cause, and like uh, DirecTV Now is also another good one. It's a little bit higher priced. But DirecTV Now is another good one. You don't have to have, uh, um, you don't have to have cable. Yeah. You know. Well, and a lot of. I mean, it just depends. You need to vet it all. Yeah, and a lot of the cable providers now have you know strictly internet services uh, that you can buy. I mean, they're kind of catching on. The cable providers are kind of catching on to what's going on, and what's eventually got to happen is. Because the closest you can get to an a la carte service where you can just kind of pick and choose your channels right now is Sling TV. And, um, and, and so the cable channels have to kind of come along, and rather than give you a big package of 100 channels, you know, 50 of which you'll never really watch, they need to kind of figure out a way to make deals with some of these companies to say, all right, pick your 10 for this amount, pick 20 for this amount, you know, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. where you're picking and choosing rather than, you know, because right now, if you want, let's say you've got a basic cable package and you want to watch Rebels. Well, usually Disney XD is over in this extra, you know, 10 or $15 package with a bunch of other channels that you're not ever going to look at, you know. And so they've got to figure out a way to come alongside these 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 uh, networks and figure out how they can kind of go to an a la carte system and still have all the benefits of like cable and DVR like you talk about with the PlayStation View. And and still be relevant, and that's what Netflix is doing right now. They're they're scrambling to be relevant. And is it the best plan to fund eighty different movies for themselves? I don't know. It does depend a lot on the quality of the films. They've been kind of doing this a little bit. You know, Adam Sandler had to deal with them, like the old studio deals to make X amount of movies for Netflix. A lot of people said they weren't good. I watched one or two. They weren't. You know, I mean, they were Adam Sandler movies. Um, so. It, it just depends. I think it really depends. But this is definitely a sign that they're scrambling and that this Disney thing has them, you know, back on their heels. Yeah. Well, now that we've gone off about that, mm-hmm. 
Um, we have another news thing here, but I'm actually going to save it for next week. Uh, but everybody get their thoughts together about the way that Disney handles death. Oh, you mean how they kill everybody? That's actually where this article is going, but I think this article will send us on a good long tangent where I don't need anything else in Disney Watch. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to save that. <laughs> okay. For next week. I'm looking at <clears throat> Yeah, I looked at the article while we were talking and um yeah, I I was like, well, we're going we're about to go an hour. Yeah. On this. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to save that. And we can just, we do have a special guest that's coming. Um, I just texted her to let her know that we're ready. Uh, so we just kind of are sort of vamping. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about this article we're going to talk about with her, and then we'll get her opinion on it when she comes in. All right. Well, while we, so, wait, while we wait to cue her in, um, let me tell you about Tops. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah we're brought to you by Tops, of course. And uh, Tops. Oh, Tops has been the leading trading card provider since 1950 when they first started putting baseball cards in with their bubble gum. Well, there's no more gum now. It's all cards. And they have cards of everything from their flagship Major League Baseball to the Journey to the Last Jedi card set available now at hobby stores and card store and, and retail stores everywhere. Uh, Journey to the Last Jedi set is really cool. It's got that classic... Um, border of the of the old vintage Star Wars cards, but they have scenes from all the movies across the saga, including the television shows Clone Wars and Rebels, including upcoming scenes from The Last Jedi. And they have all the fun inserts in there, stickers and different uh, set cards and that sort of thing. And of course, look for those autograph cards and sketch cards that are the huge deal in card collecting these days. But if you're not all for the physical cards, you don't have places to store them and everything, check out the Star Wars Card Trader app, as well as all their other trader apps that you can find on the iOS and Android devices. They have Major League Baseball, hockey, uh, soccer, football, um, Walking Dead, MMA, WWE, and, of course, as the aforementioned Star Wars Card Trader app. Tops is the name in collectible card trading. They have risen to the top, uh, and, and they've stuck around and there's some that have gone out of business over the years, but Tops is still here, and they're still rocking along. So we thank Tops for their sponsorship, and we encourage you to check out Tops.com for exclusive merchandise and card sets and that sort of thing. And uh, and let them know if you order anything from them. Let them know you heard about them in the Goliverse, specifically Disney Vault Talk. All right, let's see if we can bring in uh, all the way from Neverland. She's one of the Skywalkers who skywalked through Neverland. Let me pull up her Insta- Hello, hello. There she is, ladies and gentlemen, from Skywalking Through Neverland. It's our friend Sarah Woloski. Hello, Sarah. Hey, hey. How are you guys today? We're doing well. I had some music for you i got to pull up here. <gasps> how exciting. To introduce you. I didn't do it great, though. Sarah Woloski! <laughs> <laughs> the last time we had you on, you won the Fantasmic music, so here you go. There it is. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Welcome to Disney Yay! Vault Talk. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. This worked out great because we were in the midst of putting together kitchen uh, cabinets. So Fantastic. Uh, yeah. How's that? Okay, work? so catching you up really quick, Sarah. Yes. Prince George likes the Lion King. Who's Prince George? Nice. Prince William's son, the little Oh, the prince. little. Okay. Nice. He 
just can't wait to be king, as we joked about earlier. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also, Netflix is going to try to produce 80 original films in 2018. Holy buckets. Holy buckets. <laughs> I was waiting for the holy buckets. <laughs> nice. You know, I have a friend who works for Sony who might transfer to Netflix, so that would be interesting. Wow. Well, I it's a lot of work. As I said... It's the Hallmark Channel on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's funny you should mention that. My, my mom is addicted to Hallmark movies. That's all she wants to watch. And Has everyone she else... seen Christmas cookies? She Yes, and she's can... seen the Christmas bunny. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the Christmas yeah. bunny? She made yeah. us watch that one. <laughs> and I say that that way because, well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. Well, we I saved a piece of news for you. Okay. Disney or Run Disney has canceled all races at Disneyland. Tell us more, Sarah. <sighs> dun dun dun. So okay. So I have been doing many Run Disney races. I have I don't know dozens of Run Disney medals, and and so the rumors have been going around that like the city of Anaheim doesn't like Disney anymore and that they're giving hassle, you know, giving Disneyland hassles about closing down the streets every quarter and all this, all this stuff. And there's, there's rumors that the city council, I don't know what happened. So regardless, Disney is stating that construction is the reason that they're shutting down all Anaheim or West coast races for the, for at least 2018 and they have not announced a date when they will come back yet. So I think that maybe it's partly because of construction, because not only are they constructing Star Wars land, but they're also constructing the Eastern Gateway, which means that over Harbor Boulevard, uh, they're trying to construct a pedestrian walkway that's going to be a bridge over to an East uh, garage, just like they have the Mickey and Friends parking structure. They're trying to construct one on the East side as well. So uh, they're citing that construction is doing that, but I think there's also issues with the city of Anaheim mm. as well. Yeah. Have you guys so heard the, anything more about that? Or I haven't heard anything else other than what you've said, and okay. I was kind of bummed for you because you love doing those races, and running in Florida is hot. It is. It is. Yeah, so what's interesting, though, is actually because they've been quarterly – and Richard and I have pretty much been doing every one, or at least I've been doing every one. I've been getting a little burned out, honestly. And so after the Tinkerbell Half Marathon in May of this past year, Richard and I kind of decided, you know, I think we're, we're, we're going to take a year off of Run Disney races. Like this was before this news came out. We're going to take a year off of Run Disney races because also getting up that early in the morning... <laughs> Is, is a lot and we have done like all the challenge medals like we've gotten all our medals we've gotten coast to coast we've gotten the kessel run we've gotten which is the coolest medal ever by the way it's the millennium falcon uh and that's if you do star wars on the east coast and the west coast the half marathon particularly so oh uh, it kind of is not really affecting richard and i just because we had already said we were going to take off a year for racing so that's just us uh, but I feel very bad for all the people, especially the ones who were signing up for the light side half marathon in January, who are like traveling and we're already planning trips to Anaheim. 
and they haven't been able to sign up for the race. And now they are receiving refunds if they've already paid for it. And they're also uh, just very sad because they were planning all these cool trips. So mm. I, I feel very bad for them. And also, well, you know, we have meetups at these races, whether we're running or not. So it's kind of sad that we're not going to be able to have those meetups in conjunction with the races. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's where uh, I got to meet you guys down in Orlando yeah, the other year. That's yeah, that's right. The, the when the old uh, the old podcasting on the lowdown took place. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The Secret Squirrel podcasting that's craziness. Right. Yeah, and that was so much fun over there. So we will still be able to go to Orlando, which honestly, like, it's so much fun to go to Orlando and we see all our Orlando Skywalkers and or Florida Skywalkers anyway, and it's great. And we see you guys too. So. All right, then that means that means that we just have to do the wine and dine run because then it's yeah. not is it's not as hot. Okay. Okay. As as hot. I put right. It in quotes. Uh, just because it happens like right now, it's coming up here in November. Uh, it's during Epcot Food and Wine. <gasps> oh, I've always wanted to run that one. Well, and for those of you. Oh, for those for those of you who are runners out there that you know you think you've got this running thing down, Richard and Sarah run in costume. It's <laughs> that's the best. That's like the only way to run. Like run it is. Somewhere else? It is well. Like <laughs> I, look, I, Steve doesn't run. I walk briskly. <laughs> I just did the five k down there, the dark side five k in Orlando uh, yeah. two years ago, and that was enough for for old Steve. Um, but, but, I, what, what was it? Richard was dressed as one of the Marvel comics characters. Mm-hmm. He was dressed as Crimson Jack. Yes. And, and I as mean, you know, Crimson Jack has very short pants well, or very short shorts. You, yeah. You might almost say no pants. I mean like wrestling yes. tights, you know, <laughs> it's true, but he pulled it off. Yeah. Well. So my friend that was doing the 5k with me, when I walked over to say, Hey to you guys, when I saw someone else I was like, Hey Richard, Sarah, so I walked over to say, Hey, and there's Richard. I'm like, He's like, so these are your friends. I'm like, yeah. And I was dressed as Jackson. So that's, that's right. The, the yeah. Bunny. That's right. <laughs> they were fun. It is fun. And now we have Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde costumes. So we're we're ready to go. Oh man. Well, that leads, I know. Perfect for this movie. That leads that leads right. that leads right into this. So let's uh, let's <gasps> let's do this. Let's get into it as we do. Utopia, a modern, civilized world that is entirely animal. That is an animal. Animals in Zootopia are anthropomorphic. That is just a big fancy word that means they walk around on two feet. They do not go to work nude. Thank you. Almost. That's got it. And they use technology. There are mammals from all over the globe in Zootopia. Large and small, fast and slow. But the truth is, Zootopia isn't perfect. 
And just like our world, not everyone gets along, especially natural enemies. Which can create some issues. But nature always gives animals special skills to survive, and while one may have amazing night vision, another may have incredible hearing and an air-powered elephant tranquilizer. So now you know. Zootopia. Like nothing you've seen before. Well, at this point, Disney has done it all. They have done it all. From fairy tales to dark fantasies like the Black Cauldron, from fun stories with uh, little puppies and 101 Dalmatians to uh, science fiction like Atlantis and Treasure Planet. And now, Disney does Lethal Weapon. That's right, it's a buddy cop movie, only it's a not a cop and a cop, it's a cop and a con man. Only the cop and a con man's not a cop and a con man, it's a bunny and a fox. And it's adventure and there's intrigue and there's mystery and there's betrayal and there's there's laughter and there's scariness and there's tender moments of touching heartwarming things that teach us lessons about life this is zootopia and here's teresa with some history i'm sure you know everything there is to know about the castle oh well actually i uh, yes i do as you can see all right, guys, this is Disney's 55th animated feature film. Woo! Yay! Yay! Now, Zootopia actually premiered at the Brussels Animation Film Festival in Belgium on February 13th of 2016, It and then it went into general theatric release in conventional 2D, Disney Digital 3D, Real D 3D, and IMAX 3D, in the U.S. on March 4th of 2016. And it actually opened to record-breaking box office success. I can't read You got that? You got you okay? Careful. It's getting dangerous because I'm about to get to numbers. So You you ran right into it. (laughs) We'll just have to see. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Everybody hold on to your hats. All right. The opening weekend grossed 75 million mm-hmm. that's right sixty three thousand four hundred and one dollars great did a great job there yes thank you thank you now it did finish at the box office with a worldwide total of one billion twenty three million seven hundred and eighty four thousand one hundred and ninety five dollars wow you know what Teresa? fantastic look at you just busting that was out. really really hard by the way Teresa delgado ladies and gentlemen Okay. <laughs> now, Steve. Yes. You always ask me, what mm-hmm. was the budget of this movie? Right. Well, I can tell you, it was $150 million. So they made their money back and then some. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was actually the fourth highest grossing film of 2016. Mm-hmm. And I bet you're going to say, what were those other four? Well, number one was Captain America Civil War, mm-hmm. Disney. Mm-hmm. Number two was Rogue One, Disney. Wow. Number three was Finding Dory, Disney. Man. And number four was Zootopia, Disney. The four highest grossing films of 2016 were all owned by Disney. That's amazing. So, we're I mean, we are now in the era where Disney's just kind of ruling the roost. They're just, 
They're the walking dog of studios now. Yeah, basically. So on March 18th, 2016, the film reached the $500 million mark, becoming the third consecutive Walt Disney Animated Studios film to reach that milestone after Frozen and Big Hero 6. Two great movies. Then on April 5th, it became the first film of 2016 to gross over $800 million in ticket sales. Hmm. Woohoo! Woohoo! It had a bunch of milestones. That's why I have these. On April 24th, it became the first ever film of 2016 to cross $900 million. Gee whiz. On June 5th, the film crossed the $1 billion mark, becoming the second film of 2016 to do so after Captain America Civil War. Hmm. And then it became the fourth animated film after Toy Story 3, Frozen, and Minions to reach the $1 billion mark. Wow. It's the 11th Disney film to hit that mark and the third Disney animated film. And it's the 26th film overall to break that milestone of $1 billion. This is blowing my mind. I can't wait to get into talking about the film because there, this is mm-hmm. this is leading me to talk. There's a, I have a lot of questions, guys. <laughs> all right. It was the second highest grossing Walt Disney Animation Studios film of all time in its original release after Frozen. Yay. Okay. Yeah, Steve's like, mm, Steve's thinking. Steve's thinking like Lion King. What? I'm talking original release. I understand. Right? I understand. I know I've got a lot to say. I'm not a lot. I've got a qu- I've got two questions, but let's continue. Okay, so Byron Howard, who actually pitched the movie, he pitched six story ideas originally, and three of his ideas were chosen as possible options for films. Mm-hmm. So they were an animal adaptation of The Three Musketeers, a like 1960s theme story about a mad doctor cat who turned children into animals and a bounty hunter pug in space. I'm on board for all of those. <laughs> By the way, like let's do it. Now what he really wanted to do was make a film similar to Robin Hood which featured animals in their anthropomorphic roles. You know, so you yep. can actually see a lot of Robin Hood in Zootopia. I was going to say and the fact that it's a fox too. Yes, yeah, exactly. I was about to say that that's that doesn't that that really makes a lot of things fall into place there. Now, what he wanted to do is he wanted to create something different from the other animal anthropomorphic films that had been made because they were either animals living in the natural world or in the human world, and he wanted it to be what we got, which was animals living in a modern world designed by animals for animals. Hmm. So uh, so it ended up being this all-animal city, and it originally had a 1960s theme to it, and it was originally going to be like kind of like this James Bondy sort of thing, and they ended up dropping all of that and developing the story that we have now. And, and then Cars or- 2 came out? Right. <laughs> oh, Sarah, bring in the snark. Sarah's Sorry. been Sarah's been remodeling the kitchen. She has no time for silliness. Yeah, and then Cars Two came out, and they were like, "That doesn't do well." Mm-hmm. Now, the original story was Nick Wilde was actually supposed to be the lead role of a policeman, and Judy Hopps was supposed to be his sidekick. That was the original concept. But in November of 2014, the filmmakers realized the film's plot would be more engaging if they reversed the roles to focus on Hops as opposed to Wild. So for the research for this film, as we know Disney does, 
It actually took place in Disney's Animal Kingdom, as well as in Kenya and the San Diego Zoo's Safari Park. And they spent eight months studying various animals' walking and fur color. <laughs> yeah. And and they actually put, um, what is it, air, they blew air hair dryers on, on fur and stuff just to see how it moves and all this stuff. I actually, uh, I guess now's a good time to bring up, since we're in the facts, uh, that I was... One of the very first press things I did was I was invited to this long lead press day of Zootopia where they took us to their the Disney Animation Studios at the time. And because Disney Animation was being refurbished, it was actually at the studios at Tahunga and Vine mm-hmm. uh, in North Hollywood. And that's why in the movie you have a little Tahunga and Vine moment. They actually call attention to that. And where where Judy says to Junga, and he's like, no, to Hunga. <laughs> yeah, I actually and, think I have something, something oh. about that somewhere. Keep going. But it was though. amazing. Okay, well, it was amazing because we we went at first to the Walt Disney Studios where Byron Howard and Rich Moore uh, were there, and they kind of explained the concept, and they were explaining how they originally thought that Nick would be uh, the lead, but and they also had a story where all the not uh, all the prey predator, all the predators were like shock collars basically in order to keep them like sedated or something. Mm. And then it was just like this, this world that they created was like, Oh, this isn't a happy world. So that's why they kind of went with Judy instead and her dream of becoming a bunny cop. So uh, then after we saw the directors and we saw some scenes, uh, they took us to the Dahunga and Vine studio where we went around to like different rooms. We went to the writer's room. We went and saw the environmental designers, uh, the production design and environment. We saw the um, animal creators. So like the people who were actually talking about how they created the fur and went to the wild animal park and and they showed us all these amazing photos and videos of like foxes and bunnies. And I'm like, Oh my God, it's amazing. And, but it was like this super cool day. It was like, it was like six hours or something. And we were immersed in Zootopia. And this was like in November before the movie came out in March. So I was like all about this movie even before it came out. Cause we had learned so much. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. And it's, it's awesome that you're bringing up the first stuff because they actually had to develop their own technology for fur because they so Steve I don't know if you remember but when we were talking about Frozen mm-hmm. and some of the other movies I was talking about hair yes and them developing technologies and stuff well they didn't have the hair software ready so they had to develop a new thing for fur and they developed a fur controlling software called iGroom and it gave the character designers precise control over the brushing shaping and shading of the fur And the software was able to control an unseen, in quotations, like imaginary underlayer that gave for a degree of plushness that we've never seen before. And the feature, you can really see it really well on Officer Clawhauser because he has a big head that's entirely made of spotted fur. (laughs) He looks like, he looks so soft. (laughs) I I have a question, I have a trivia question for you guys. Sure. What color is polar bear fur? Isn't it like black, and then no. it like dies? What do you, what do you think, Steve? Nope, nope. I, I mean, I would say white because that's what I've seen. Mm-hmm. But I feel well, like that. I feel like that's wrong. I feel- you feel you you are correct. That's wrong. So 
uh, they were explaining how white when they tried white fur on a polar bear, it actually didn't give off the right vibe. It mm-hmm. looked more yellow. And so it's actually translucent fur. It's like clear. Oh, okay. And that's what makes it that pure, pure white looking. Huh. Like in real yeah. life, you're talking it's translucent. I think, yeah. I think okay. they actually did studies on polar bears oh, wow. and were like, oh, okay. Well, I guess we have to make translucent hair in our program. Huh. Yeah. Huh. So characters that have noteworthy numbers of strands of hair of fur include both the two lead characters, Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde, who each had around two and a half million hairs. Wow. Wow. A giraffe that had nine million strands of fur. A giraffe. A, a gerbil that has 480,000 strands and a rodent with more strands of hair than the 400,000, or no, it's the gerbil mm-hmm. has more strands of hair than the 400,000 that were on Elsa's head in Frozen, which was like between Tangled and Frozen, the hair that they developed is insane. <laughs> Yep. Because Elsa's hair is ridiculous. And she has like twice the number or three times the number of strands of hair on a normal human's head. Wow. Just to get her hair. Yeah, it's crazy. And we're going to get into more hair when we talk about Moana next week. I'm just saying. Because <laughs> there's a whole <laughs> special feature about Moana's hair. So anyway. So Zootopia was released in Disney Digital 3D, Real D 3D, and IMAX 3D, making it the first Disney animated film shown in domestic IMAX theaters since Treasure Planet. Wow, that doesn't seem right, but I don't doubt it. Yeah. And the first teaser trailer was released online on the Walt Disney Studios YouTube page on June 11th of 2015. The second uh, teaser trailer was in November of 2015, featuring the sequence with the sloths and the DMV, the Department of Mammals. Yes. And then the official theatrical trailer would release on YouTube on New Year's Eve of 2015. Hmm. So some of the other marketing that they did was Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde were released for Disney Infinity 3.0 on March 1st of 2016. Sad face. I know. I have them. I do too with sad face. Uh, and then Zootopia was released on Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment on Blu-ray, Blu-ray 3D, DVD, and digital HD platforms on June 7th of 2016, and it is currently on Netflix, so you can watch it on Netflix. And it actually did win the Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Animated Film. All right. And so now it's time. Now we go from history to fun facts. But, Sarah, don't you have something fun that you always call for a certain jingle? When you're, like, playing... Play that music, Rob. Uh, play that funky music, white boy. <laughs> no, there doesn't. Rob Dellinger didn't he do a jingle for yes. you guys? Oh yes. Well, usually it's Teresa who's like, "All right, hit it, Rob Dellinger." Oh, I thought that was you that did that. We Bowie. It's all of us, and we do it. Oh well, then Sarah, as the guest, would you please do the honors? Okay. Hit it, Rob Dellinger. Fun facts. All right, good times. Okay, so remember I mentioned the James Bond thing? I sure do. Yep. So the first pitch for this movie was called Savage Seas, and it was an international spy film centered on a rabbit named Jack Savage who was somewhat like James Bond. And it was around this time that screenwriter Jared Bush was hired to work on the film, and he was really excited because his father and his grandfather had both worked in the CIA. Oh. (laughs) 
Now, Steve, I pulled this one for you. Okay. So the change in perspective caused several characters to be dropped, including two characters known as the Gerbil Jerks. Nice. <laughs> they were trust fund gerbils that had nothing better to, to do than harass Nick. I, I mourn the loss of the gerbil jerks, ladies and gentlemen, and I, I now would like to imagine kind of the things the gerbil jerks would have said and done. I, I, I wonder if they would have had like, almost like, I wonder if they would have been like old. I guess if they're trust fund and they're young guys. So like, hey, what are I, you doing I, over there? I, envi- I envision the gerbil jerks to be like those two guys from the Muppets. Right, Statler and Waldorf. Mm. Only, yeah, yeah. But if they're trust fund, that means they're like young guys. They're just like trust fund babies. <laughs> trust fund gerbils. All right. Zootopia was first officially announced in August of 2013 at D23 Expo. Were you there, Sarah? Yes, of course. Yes, I was. Do you remember that? Uh, I don't remember much about that one. I know we were excited about because it was foxes and bunnies and I love foxes and you know, bunnies, hoojibs are our thing. So we were already like, well, this is a skywalking through Neverland movie. If there ever was one. And then I do remember that in the animation pavilion, there was a Judy and Nick, uh, like you could go take pictures with not the actual walk around characters, but like just the statue, like mm. Judy and Nick statue and the little, like a setup to take a picture. And we do have a picture uh, from that. Uh, D23 Expo next to them. That's so, cool. We were already excited, and it was coming out around our birthdays. So, you know, you yep. and my birthday. Yep. And so we, we planned a birthday skywalking meetup for when the movie came out. So that was last year. Yay. So cool. All right. There were 800,000 forms of mammals created for the film. Wow. Just saying. Now, filmmakers drew inspiration for Zootopia's urban design from New York. San Francisco, Las Vegas, Paris, Shanghai, Hong Kong, and Brasilia. And to develop a city that could actually be inhabited by talking mammals ranging in size from 2 inches to 27 feet and from drastically different climates, the filmmakers actually consulted with the Americans with Disabilities Act specialist and HVAC system designers. to figure out how to make a city that would work like that. And also for assistance with designing motor vehicles, they partnered with Jay Mays, who's the former chief creative officer of Ford. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Now, Zootopia was actually produced in makeshift quarters, like you were saying, um, along with Moana. They were both being done at the same time up in those in that one place you said. Yes, Tahunga and Vine. Mm-hmm. All right, now, this, Steve, this is also for you. Mm-hmm. On the train ride to Zootopia, before Judy selects Gazelle's song, some right. of the other artists on her music player include... Yes. The Beagles. Nice. Which would be for? The Beatles. Black Sable. Black Sabbath. Katy Perry. Katy Perry. I'm good Destiny's, at this. I'm Destiny's so... Cub. Well, you have the show notes. Destiny's, Destiny's <laughs> Cub. Destiny's Child. You too, but you like E W E. Oh, so you too. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm. You know what? I just see where you've put the actual things down in the notes here. So, yeah, okay. Well, I wasn't cheating. <laughs> okay, Fleetwood Yak. Fleetwood Mac. The Fur Fighters. The old Foo Fighters. Guns and Rodents. Probably the best one on the list. Yeah, <laughs> I, as far as like the name taking off the name there. Yeah, Guns and Roses. Hyena Gomez. <laughs> 
<laughs> I take that back. Yeah. That one made me laugh to hear out loud. Canine <laughs> West. Oh, man. You talking about old Jeezy? Uh-huh. And then Mick Jaguar. Mick Jaguar. Nice. Wow. That was now, just fun to say. According to Nick's employment application form, he's four feet tall, weighs 80 pounds, and his special abilities are night vision, excellent sense of smell, and business savvy. Also, when asked if he has a criminal record, he checked yes, then crossed it out and checked no. Nice. <laughs> All right. Now, Duke Weaselton. We'll talk more about him in a little bit. <laughs> the pirated DVDs that he's you selling. You met him. I did. The pirated DVDs that he's selling are movies with word plays to other Disney films. Pig Hero 6. Nice. <laughs> Floatzin. Why is it Float? I don't understand Floatzin. I don't know. <laughs> Wrangled. Mm-hmm. Wreck-It Rhino. Wreck-It Rhino. <laughs> Giraffic for Gigantic, which still hasn't come out. And uh. Meowana. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this gigantic that is that a, one that's supposed to be coming you know out what? it's a that, it's an upcoming pixar movie isn't it or was it that, i think that was one in 2013 that they announced was coming and we never heard hide nor hair of it in this past d23 expo so i think it was can't it was i think stopped. it's a one yeah yep huh yeah. well they've also the floats and is not just floats and it's floats and two Mm. on the table so i mean maybe mm, no gigantic oh i know what this is i know what this is gigantic comes out in 2017 or was supposed to mm-hmm. yeah but, it did, but it's not gigantic was a sort of like um jack and the beanstalk story that was supposed right. to be set in spain but i don't think it's coming out anymore at all i think what they did was change it to that one movie that's gonna be like the magical creatures in suburbia or something. Hmm. Do you guys remember that? Mm, yes. Vaguely. Like, yes. like, like the unicorns are going to be yeah. like vagrants on the streets. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> something. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. Now, I don't know if you guys notice this, but there are no reptiles, birds, fish, or amphibians in the entire movie. There are only mammals and some occasional flies because they wanted to keep with the prey and predator theme. Yes. I wanted them to do Zootopia like two, three, four with like the other ones. You know, oh, yeah, under the, the ocean creatures and the lizards, and yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, last thing because I again, this is just fun. All the cool things they played with. There are a bunch of sight gags of animal versions of common human brand names, including Lucky Chomps. What? <laughs> Urban Snout Fitters. Nice. Okay. Zuber. Hmm. For Uber. Oh, nice. Like Uber. Popsicle. Popsicle. <laughs> Popsicle. <laughs> Lemming Brothers Bank. Okay. Trader Doe's. Trader Doe's. <laughs> Mousies. I think we should just all start referring to Trader Joe's as Trader Doe's, by the way. <laughs> Mouster Charge. Okay. Furs National Bank. Instead of First National Bank. Targoat. Targoat. <laughs> I'm a fan. Cassio for Cassio. Muzzle time for FaceTime. Wow. And, and hoof locker. Oh hoof locker. Oh, that's cute. Wow. Well. Uh, funny. I do have I do have one more fun fact. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Are you ready? Okay. So do you guys know where the voices of the directors Byron Howard and Jared Bush can be heard in the film? 
Oh my god, I read this and I took it out because the character thing got too long. Oh, okay. Oh, darn it. No, I don't, oh my gosh. Okay. I don't remember. Do Do you know, Steve? I don't, I don't have a clue. Okay, I'll let you guys know. They're actually Judy Hopp's angry neighbors. The oh, they're the, the, the guys the, next door. The llamas or whatever. Yeah, the heck they yeah, are. the youth or the yaks. Yeah, they yell. They yell through the walls. Yeah, <laughs> because that's that's what they they actually showed us this storyboarded scene in the writers' room, like what it was originally. I think this is actually in the the final. Uh, blu-ray that you can buy but they showed us a, a previous scene in which it ended kind of on a sad note and then the scene that made it into the movie was when you know she's playing the sad music and they're like would you stop playing that sad music yeah <laughs> and, and she's like oh it could be worse and and yeah but tomorrow well, the, could be worse yeah <laughs> and they're something. the ones that are like come on leave the bunny cop alone yeah yeah Exactly. So it's really funny. So they they actually recorded that themselves just because they were trying to fix the scene and it just made it all the way through the movie. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Here's my I'm qu- ready for your questions. Here's my questions. <laughs> um Well, first off, let me revisit this gigantic thing. It has been pushed uh, from November, from April of this month of this year, 2017, to November 25th, 2020. Whoa! That was re- that was announced in April. It was originally supposed to be released in November of this of 18, 2018, but it's been pushed to November 25, 2020. Hmm. So three years from now. Okay. Um, okay. I, look, I know you guys love this movie. I think it's a good movie. When this thing came out. And and now seeing the numbers on it, that it's the fourth highest grossing film of the year and last year and everything. Um, I was hearing people saying things like, this is better than Lion King, or this is just as good as Lion King. Like, this is just the greatest. It, I mean, is that the kind of standard line? Does everyone just love this movie that much? I mean, I wouldn't say it's better. I mean, well, okay. When we say stuff like that, though, I don't know. Because there's nostalgia built in with Lion King. Because I was like eight when Mm -hmm. Lion King came out. And so it holds a special level for me. But, Steve, I did tell you that Moana, for me, Mm -hmm. is better than The Lion King. Okay, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not against... I'm not saying anyone's wrong for thinking something's better than another thing. But in watching this particular movie, I didn't see it. I I did not see a billion dollar grossing movie with this. I I thought this was just kind of on par with the rest of, you know, Disney, which is good, good quality, but I I'm still trying to, and it doesn't seem like people are still talking about it the way that they are. Other things like Moana is still a big deal to everybody. Mm. Yeah, that is true. It's interesting how the staying power, I'm not sure if it has the staying power of some of these other movies like frozen Mm -hmm. or, Lion King or Moana, but yeah, it's hard to to compare Lion King to this because once again, we are looking through those nostalgic glasses. But I do, I do really love like Judy Hopps. I mean, I feel like she's kind of my spirit animal, <laughs> no pun intended, because uh, <laughs> she just she you know anyone can be anything, and just her whole attitude and like it's she's uh, it's so fun to cosplay her because I I only like to cosplay characters that I can really like embody 
and I feel like I can really embody her. So, um, I, yeah, it's hard to say. I, I, I don't know how to answer your question either because when it, this movie came out, I was like all about it. And like, it's a good movie to have on in the background while you're doing stuff too. Like today mm-hmm. I was making, you know, drawers and I'm like, had the movie on in the background going, Oh, it's so cute. I love this part. And then you stop at the DMV scene because you just have to. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, See, I, that, and that's I think not, this... and I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm not saying the movie's not good by any stretch. I think it's great. And it has mm-hmm. some funny laugh out loud moments. Um, you know, that's good messages. And too. it has, yes. And it, well, and honestly, it's really timely. You yes. know, it is very timely right now. Uh, when, you know, especially after the press conference and stuff that go down. And, and, and that's another thing I was saying. I'm like, wow, this is uncomfortably timely. Um, <laughs> but, but it, you know, and to me, it has everything I like. This is why I like this movie is because it's not really a musical, which I'm fine with. You know, I like musicals, I like the music, but, I also find myself okay when it's not a musical. Um, the characters and the humor are great. The uh, The story is one. It's like I say, it's almost like Disney's doing Lethal Weapon. This is a really complicated kind of story that's going on here. You've got a villain who is trying to frame a whole sect of society, and the villain turns out to be someone who is on the side of the, you know, what you would think is in the, in the court of the good guys kind of thing. Like it's a great twist and everything. And, and I it's think Walter it's, and Jesse, Walter yeah. and Jesse from, you know, I'm just kidding. Walter and sorry. Who are what you lost me on Walter and Jesse. Oh, uh, from, from, uh, breaking bad. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Partly. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I can totally see it. Yeah. But, it, that's the thing. It's like it's this weird kind of thing. It's not weird. It's this really great story that if you took this plot and humanized it, made made people, and and you figured out a way to do this plot with people, it would be a lethal weapon movie. There'd be a few more car chases and some gunfights, but it would. I mean, you could put you know um, Donald Glover, not Donald Glover, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson in these roles, or you could put. You know, any it'd be a great buddy cop movie, and I just I, I I understand why people like it, but to me, I was surprised when I saw those numbers. I guess because I just don't. I'm surprised at how much it resonated with audiences in 2016, and I and I wonder if it's just the lack of music. You know, a lot of times it is the musicals that stick because people go around singing the music and the songs and stuff, but it but it just doesn't seem to have the staying power, and that's just a little confusing to me. So I'm not dogging the movie. I like it. I love Jason Bateman. I think it's got a great voice cast the whole way through. And like I say, it's it's one of the funnier movies we've had, you know, as far as some you of the one-liners. You know what I think stuff. it is? I think it's because it is so relevant and because it has the messages that it has mm-hmm. that it's not just a for kids movie. It's a, it's, I mean, adults can go and see this movie and they see what they see happening every day in their lives essentially happening here. And it's and then just the kids like, like it because it is animals. Right. And there's just so much, you can unpack so many like social things from this movie. Yeah. And I almost, some. I know what you were saying, Steve, about putting humans in it, but there's a part of me that feels like in 2016, 2017, a film like this with people may not have actually Oh been no! Able to get made, you right, know. Right. But you put you put a a rabbit and a fox in there and put an animal spin and it's suddenly 
oh, look at this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, if you put humans in it, it'd have to be, it, it would almost have to be a film where you're, you're plotting one country against another, where one country is trying to be framed as attacking another weaker country. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just been revoked, kind of lethal weapon two moment. But, um, but yeah, because if you try to do anything a little more close to home, yeah, I don't know that it would, it would fly well with people, but I guess when you do any, I guess anytime you do anything with it, with cute animals that people are like, Oh, okay. I'll listen to what you have to say. Little animals. <laughs> I'll see what's going on. Especially when they're foxes and bunnies. Especially when they're foxes and bunnies. And then if you go to the Disney parks, you can hug them and pet them, and they're wonderful. Um, and the other thing... Yeah, if you can find them, which I didn't. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, I'm sorry. The, the other thing I, you know, that I was thinking of, and, and we touched on a little bit when we were talking about uh, you know, the, the guys wanting to do something in the vein of like the Disney's Robin Hood and everything. This is the first of these 3d animated movies where we've had a full animal cast and it really is interesting. Like you look at Nick and he kind of looks like if you took Robin hood and 3d him up, you know, mm-hmm. that'd be the Disney version, you know, that because you, as far back as Fantasia, you know, Teresa, we were talking about, or I mentioned and brought up and, and, and it's caused me to continue to talk about like a moron. Cause I always say the same things. Um, that Disney style of animals, you know, when they're drawing animals to be intentionally cartoony. And, and this seems to also be kind of a version to that. The big eyes, the, uh, you know, the, the exaggerated uh, head sometimes and, and different things. And, and, and this dude, Nick Wilde, could be played by the same fox who played Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and also, if you look at a normal bunny's face, their eyes are on the sides of their head. Right. And you look at Judy, and her eyes are front, like yep. a like a human. Yeah. So, yeah, that's also uh, characterization. Well, she also has purple eyes. Yes, that's true. Which they Although did I've because... seen bunnies. Bunnies have some funky eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I also read that they gave her eyes that they wanted to pop on her fur because her fur was mm-hmm. so just gray you know they yeah. needed something to brighten her face and purple looks good with gray so mm-hmm. so okay so some stuff i want to talk about can we please talk about nick's first hustle <laughs> it's called a hustle sweetheart <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing and especially when you find out his little friend is not a kid. <laughs> the little fennec fox. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So the whole hustle where he buys a p- big giant red popsicle from the, uh, the ele- elephants. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually goes and melts them down and sells them to the little lemmings. I love that part. Yeah, who's the... So the big... the Jerry Jumbo is voiced by John DiMaggio. Which is the, oh. the elephant. In the... <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, and then yeah, and then he turns the the popsicle sticks in to make money because they're redwood. They're red wood. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> oh, I hate the puns. What about awesome. what about? I love the training montage as well. By the way. Mm, yes. Oh, yeah. You're dead, bunny. Yeah, You're dead, 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 dead. But it's also, <laughs> but I mean, it's also, I'm a sucker for a good training montage, too. I mean, all the way back to Karate Kid and Rocky. 
You know, so what music would you have put with that, Steve? <clears throat> with this training montage? Yes. Oh wow! I mean, any good any good music will do. I, you know, Michael Giacchino. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I mean, I feel like he did he did he did okay with it. I'm not. Let's see. Let, let me pull up. Quit and go home, Fuzzy Bunny. There's never been a bunny cop. Never. Never. Just a stupid carrot farming dumb bunny. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, that's not bad montage music right there, mm-hmm. as it builds up to that. But I mean, look, you can do. Uh, hey. Throw in some, go ahead and throw in the Rocky thing. That's fine. You know, by the way, <laughs> Stuffity, if you want to do Zootopia Rocky thing, that's fine with me. Because it, <laughs> it even has the shot of her when she's going out to run in the morning with the sun coming up and everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's straight out of Rocky. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and so, I, yeah, I'm down. I'm down with whatever. But I love a good montage. I, you know, that's one of those throwback things. It's just, it's... Uh, it's perfect. I, uh, you know, there's so much of this movie did well. You know, just in its storytelling, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, yeah, and sure. well, and even just at the very beginning, when she's a little bunny and they're doing the play, <laughs> blood, yes. blood, blood, God. blood, blood, blood. But also, they're playing this music, and what does that one say? He says, "I'm gonna be a oh, an actual. I'm gonna." Do an, an actuary, actuary. with yeah. the tax exemptions. <laughs> I, now all I hunt is tax exemptions. I want to be an actuary. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> He's an, an, it's an accountant. Funny. Yeah. But the the little animal, the animal that's playing the music on the on yes. the piano, and he's like dun dun dun. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> and he's got the percussion instruments too. Yeah, so it's adorable. so funny. Yeah. And then. I did want to hurt Gideon Gray. I was just mm. like, you need to go away. And then when we see him when he's an adult and he's all apologizing and stuff. <laughs> it's funny. My, my something, my self-doubt was manifesting as anger and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Basically, I was a jerk. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. But I was sad, though, at the very beginning when a fox was like kind of the 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 bully i was like oh no fox I yeah love you foxes. love foxes yeah foxes so the whole like fox away favorite animal mm-hmm. now what did you guys think of the fact that the villain is a sheep i thought that was a good twist i thought that was funny. i wasn't expecting it actually no not no, at all i wasn't either i was i was definitely expecting um I, w- I was expecting it to be some mad scientist predator that we've not seen or, or mm-hmm. something, you know, and then to turn around and it be the sheep was again. It's that twist that works so well in a story like this. Like they, that's the, that's the other thing. You know, and Disney's done it so well in recent years, especially is they haven't shied away from just telling good stories. And mm-hmm. and and you know, and I feel like old Disney, maybe in the eighties, you know, you would have seen the villain from the get go. It would have been some mad scientist, evil. Uh, I don't know, weird, sharp tooth links and you know and now it's you know they they do the twist on it and it's the sheep you know to really because it makes you think and it's like so why would a sheep do this well they're you know because they're still scared of the the predators for whatever reason sheep's clothing Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Or a sheep and sheep. Sheep clo- and wait, box what? Um, what? It, it's sheep. Wait, you know what? Do you guys see that? Was there any squirrels in this movie? I don't Ooh, think that... there was. No, but there were those little hamster gerbil people that were like the Godfather. Yeah. The Godfather's daughter. Oh, you talking about? You talking about Mister Big? Mister yes. Big. You talking about? You talking about one of my favorite moments in all of Zootopia? Which is what? Mister Big, sir, this is a simple mistake. Mm. Mm. Gotta kiss the ring. This is a simple misunderstanding. Mm. You come here unannounced on the day my daughter is to be married. Well, actually, we were brought here against our will. So, <laughs> point is, I, I did not know that it was your car, and I certainly did not know about your daughter's wedding. No, I trusted you, Nikki. I welcomed you into my home. We both bred together. Grandma made you a cannoli. And how did you repay my generosity? With a rug made from the butt of a skunk. <laughs> a skunk butt rug. But I just love the way it's Maurice LaMarche doing the voice there. And uh, Maurice LaMarche, famous, famous, famous voice actor, of course. And um, does uh, Pinky and the Brain. He was the, uh, he was the brain. He does, um, he was in, of course, Animaniacs. He's just, just super prolific voice actor. And, uh, gosh, and I love that moment when he, when that polar bear turns that thing around, he's like, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. Oh, it owns me. It owns me every time. Well, then Judy's relationship with his daughter is just the cutest thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she's like saving her from the, the the donut. 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 And she's like, oh, I really like your hair. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So and it is crazy how she transitions in between the different worlds in Zootopia, and she ends up where everything's like super small, and Judy's like a giant. <laughs> yes, in little Rodentia. Rodentia. <laughs> little, little Rodentia. <laughs> so cute. Oh my god. Oh, there's so many good things in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's just so many cool like little gags and things, and I, I loved. Emmett Otterton and Mrs. Otterton because I love otters. Well, you know, and, and they're North American River otters, so they're even cuter. They have the cuter faces. Otters are fantastic, and you know, maybe this is a fun fact. I have to assume that he's named Emmett Otterton because of Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which was a Jim Henson uh, Christmas special from way back in the in the late seventies. That's kind of uh-huh. a cult classic. Yep. Now. We do have to talk about Duke Weaselton. You talking about the DVD salesman? Mm-hmm. You talking about Alan Tudyk? Don't you mean Weselton? Yeah. Weselton! <laughs> because it's like a play on from Frozen. Whoa, what happened? I just lost... It's a play from Frozen. Because in Frozen, there's the Duke of Weselton, who's played oh, by Alan Tudyk. Oh, okay. And then he's Duke Weaselton... Because he's a weasel in oh. this movie. Well, I never, I did not pick up on that. Hmm. Yep. That's pretty cool. And there and is the- a place when they're showing Tundra Town where it's like a, it's like an establishing shot, and you can see two animals. I forget what animals they are, but they're like crossing a street, and they're dressed. They kind of look like Anna and Elsa. They're dressed in their colors. <laughs> yes. Oh wow. 
Yeah, that's funny. Now, there's another cool tie-in. So, Jennifer Goodwin is Judy Hopps. Mm-hmm. And her real-life husband, Snow and Charming, from Once Upon a Time, who are no longer on the show. Don't even get me started on that business. Uh, Josh Dallas, he is in the he's in the movie. He's a pig, and <gasps> he's in the flora and fauna flower shop that's robbed by Weaselton. Uh, uh, and he's the one that asked Judy for help. He's like, "Aren't you a cop?" That's Josh oh, Dallas. Wow. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yep, yep, yep. And then Kristen Bell's in this, too. Yes, I know. She's Priscilla. Yes. Yeah, she's and she is her favorite animal, a sloth. A sloth. Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever... <laughs> yeah. Have you guys ever seen that clip of her on Ellen when she's talking about how much she loves sloths? Yes. And then she gets oh choked God. and she was crying just getting to see a sloth and, and Ellen goes, well, and she starts crying thinking that Ellen's about to bring out a sloth. She's like, no, we don't have one here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <clears throat> oh, man. Let's talk about what else is good about this movie. There's just so much. I'm trying to like make sure I don't miss anything. I think one of my favorite moments is when Judy kind of turns the tables on Nick. Oh you know, yeah, at with the, the, at the, the beginning, pen, the carrot. Yes, yeah. Nick, Nick thinks he's all that. You know, it's called a hustle, sweetheart. You know, and and you can't you can't get me because I've made how much money over how many years? And then and then she's like, oh well, it's actually your word against your word, and she plays the pen that that you know I can get you on tax evasion. And and then and then the little fennec fox in the stroller starts laughing, <laughs> and he says, "She hustled you good." <laughs> but, but that's also played for a really sweet moment later on, yes. when uh, when he comes to get her to take her back to the to Zootopia, and um, she's apologizing. Well, she comes to- yeah, she comes to find him. Right, and she's apologizing, yeah. and she says, "I'm just a dumb bunny," and she's crying. And so he, and he just holds up the pen and just keeps playing. I'm just a dumb bunny. I'm just a dumb bunny. <laughs> you know, and that's, and that's that <laughs> no. sweet moment. And and this and this is the other thing that's so great about this writing is, it is that it's that thing that has become so good in comedy and in, in, in good comedies where you have a tender moment and then it's just there's another joke piled on that you don't see coming. So like she goes and she's hugging him or whatever. And then he's like, "Are you just trying to steal the pen from me?" And she <laughs> and she and he holds it up, and you can see her keep reaching for it and everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I forgot awesome. about that. Uh, but that that pen, by the way, the actual toy version of it that you could buy, yes. sold out at the Disney stores so fast. I never could get one, wow. and then I tried to get one on eBay, and they were like a hundred dollars. Whoa. But the the problem with them cuz I did see them at like Toys R Us as well. They they only record 60 seconds. So you That's couldn't use mean. it. Well, no, but like I was going to bring it to press stuff. I thought that would oh. be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like everyone puts down their their little recorders and their iPhones to record and I'd put down the <laughs> the carrot pen. It would be awesome. <laughs> I just but wanted I... it so I could record Greg saying stuff and then play it back <laughs> for him over and over again. But they were so expensive. All I wanted was the recording carrot pin. The only Zootopia merchandise I wanted. And Aww. I couldn't have it. I was so upset. I'm so was the cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Shakira's in this 
Yes. And she she wrote a an exclusive song for the film for the I can't talk for the film, and it was uh, called uh, Try Everything. Uh, uh, uh. Try everything. Oh 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 oh. Okay, I'm sure Steve's gonna Try play it. Try everything. <laughs> and dancing tigers. Yes. Shakira's got a fun voice. You have to let it go. We didn't even get to the oh, chorus. I'm sorry. That's a good running you, song, by the way. Now, you love Michael Giacchino. Do you have any yes. specific music from the score that you really, really like? So uh, there's actually an earworm in this score, and it's when uh, Nick is doing his hustle thing with the with the uh, popsicles, and it's it's like this um, the the track that plays behind that. It's like dun da da dun 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 da 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 dun da da dun dun. Nah. That's nope. not it. Well, rats. That's the Jumbo <laughs> Pop Hustle. Oh, is that? Okay, maybe it's later on. This is probably it. This. Yeah. So now, Sarah, let me ask yeah. you something. I know that you're a music person. Were you marching band in high school or college or what have you? Oh, oh yes. Because I was uh, right there. That seems like it's the good middle part of a marching band um, <laughs> show. We feature our drum. We feature our percussion section on the Jumbo yeah. Pop Hustle from Disney's Zootopia. Because <laughs> they've got the little That's xylophones cute. working and everything there. That is an earworm, by the way. Now it's in my head. Mm-hmm. Thank you so It'll much. It'll be in for your that. head for the next couple days. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Yeah. this is actually uh teresa you've got here in the notes i'll pull the curtain back michael uh giacchino's first uh feature length project for disney huh no for for walt disney animation i should say yeah well because he did he had scored the goofy short how to hook up your home theater Mm -hmm. and then he did the two prep and landing specials and short films and then the short film, um, The Ballad of Nessie. But this was his first feature-length project, I think. Hmm. But he's done Am all the Pixar. Well, he's done all the Pixar right. films. Right. For, for, right. So for Disney Animation Studios, not... Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, yeah, yeah, but I mean, this, right. 
this is a long he's he's got a long history with mm-hmm. Disney Star Wars now because he's got so he's got this he's got Rogue One and then what does he have for Pixar? All of them. Just oh, about. The Incredibles, I yeah. think, was his first yes. score You're exactly for Pixar. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Up, he won the oh, Oscar. Oh, that was him. Yeah. yeah. I, and, I've, yeah, he I've scored been some saying, stuff at Disneyland as well. Yeah, didn't he do Didn't he do the Star Tours music? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, arranged it. And, yes. Yeah, when, when he was announced to replace Alexander Desplat for... Um, Rogue One, I thought it was a much better fit. I've always seen him, or I've not always, but for years now, have seen him kind of as the heir apparent to John Williams. Um, yeah. I, I, I think like Kevin Kiner, though. Well, Kevin Kiner's good, but I'm, I'm just saying as far as like, just as far as doing stuff in, not just for Star Wars, but across movies in general. Like, I think that Giacchino has the ability to craft themes and stuff the way that a, the way that some of those composers I grew up with, like a John Williams or a James Horner, or Jerry Goldsmith is able to do. And, um, and, and there's not, I don't, I've not heard a soundtrack or a, or a score, I should say of his. It's really disappointed me. I'm, mm, I'm pretty yeah. high on get. G- yeah. yeah. And okay, I think it's so... interesting because he has so many different uh, genres of music he can pull from. I mm-hmm. mean, if you look at the Incredibles, that's like based in sixties yeah. kind of, uh, you know, not even classical music, but 60s. Almost kind of a jazz kind of feel yeah, to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jazz, exactly. And then, you you know, you see the score for Rogue One, and that's, yeah, he does his research. And he did Jurassic World as well. So right. he's, I mean, wow. He's got a range. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Okay, so we've got The Incredibles, and then Sky High, which my nephews loved Sky High. And then I'm looking just for, like, kind of Disney things. So he did Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inside Jurassic. Out. Yeah, I haven't gotten there yet. I was always going through. So Star mm-hmm. Trek, obviously, because I hear Star Trek in Rogue One a lot. Up, mm-hmm. and then the new Land of the Lost movie. That's funny. Huh. <laughs> uh, so Prep and Landing, the Star Wars: The Adventures Continues, like you said. Oh, La Luna. He did that short. La Luna. Uh-huh. Uh, Cars 2. Let's see. Mm-hmm. John Carter. Star Trek Into Darkness. The Toy Story of Terror. That was cute. <laughs> that was cute. Uh, let's see. Tomorrowland and Jupiter Ascending. Inside Out. Jurassic World. Oh, he did the music for Riley's First Date, too. Cute. Aww. And he also is the nicest guy. Oh, that's right. You got to meet him. Yes. Oh, he did Doctor Strange, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Right. Yeah, Dude, he's, yeah, now he's, he's becoming. Yeah, he's becoming very prolific. Oh, and Coco. Mm-hmm. Coco's getting oh, wow. ready to come out. Goodness, like Disney's just tapping him for everything. Well, well that's I mean, one of those things, you know, you <clears throat> sign on for one thing and then you end up becoming a Disney yeah. person. Well, and two, you know, it's just he's proven himself to put out quality stuff and and kind of do it consistently. As I said over and over again, uh, and and he's a fan of a lot of what he's doing as well, you know. Like yeah. he's not just—it's not a, a lot of the stuff isn't just a job to him. So when you talk about like I remember seeing uh, seeing an interview with him uh, or reading an interview with him where he talked about doing Rogue One, and he was initially going to turn it down, but his brother was like, "Hey, you've hmm. been 
you've been writing this score your whole life. Oh. You know, like this is this is what you've wanted to do forever. So go for it. And Rogue One was a sleeper score for me, to be honest with you. Um, it's one that I initially, and, and again, because you have to come out of your typical Star Wars thinking, you know, and, and pull back from the John Williams. But he was close enough to John Williams without, he didn't he didn't do the thing that I think some some composers may be tempted to do, and that is keep throwing John Williams classic score moments in there. Um, he used them very measuredly and very, very well. And what he did for himself, you know, what he did for the movie itself, I thought was very good. And, um, yeah, so he's, I mean, I, I think that he's going to be one of those that, you know, 10 years down the road, there'll be people doing podcasts talking about the music of Michael Giacchino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's like, oh, there's an idea. Let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Spin off or skywalking through the <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, anything the... else, guys? Well, can I give like a little plug? I'd here? love yeah, for yes. We're yeah, we're getting we'll get there. Yeah, but go ahead. Okay, well, I just specifically for Zootopia. Yes. Be, because I went to this long lead press day, I took a ton of audio at this uh, event. And so if you head to Skywalking Through Neverland episode 113, it's called Behind the Scenes of Zootopia. And we actually go through the whole press day. I play lots of clips, audio clips from the day. And it's just a really awesome episode to hear and learn so much about Zootopia. So I really recommend that one. That's episode 113? Yes. I'm trying to grab a working pin here so I can write it <laughs> down and I will put it in our show notes when we release the episode so there'll be a link there awesome. at geekoutpodcast.com for everybody um now Perfect. sarah i know your favorite is uh, your favorite character here is judy judy Hopps. yeah even though i love foxes sure judy Hopps. yeah and Teresa, who's your favorite in this thing oh officer clawhauser <laughs> <laughs> Because he's like the opposite of you. Oh. He's the best. Well, no, he has one of the best lines where he he's calling her a bunny cop and all these things. Oh. And, he, and he says like, "Oh, look at me stereotyping you." Like, and I was the, it just hit that line hit home for me because he he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you know, I shouldn't do that." And <laughs> and then at the end, he's dancing to the song. Yes, you know? <laughs> this is this big giant fat cheetah. Who shouldn't be fat because he's a cheetah? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yikes. But he sits at a desk all day. <laughs> What's a cheetah gonna do? Witnesses none, and you're not in the computer system yet, so resources none. <laughs> oh, I hope you didn't stake your career on cracking this one. Okay. Last man sighting. No, you need to go to the beginning when he first. Yeah. Meets when, when he, he first he... meets her. And when and she, she... gets to the police station. Because he calls her cute. Oh, that's right. He calls her cute. So that's cute. And she's like, oh, you know, other bunnies can call other bunnies cute, but when another animal does it. <laughs> okay. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Crazy neighbors. This is Judy getting ready. Yes. My, my skills of scrubbing to the right clip weren't that great. <laughs> Shh, 
should I take? The, the fox, fox away. away, yeah. There it is. Alright, here we go. Come on! He bared his teeth first! Eating muck chomps. Down here? Hi. Oh, am goodness. They really did hire a bunny. <laughs> what? <laughs> I gotta tell you, you are even cuter than I thought you'd be. Ooh, uh, you probably didn't know, but a bunny can call another bunny cute, but when other animals do it, it's a little. <gasps> I am so sorry. Me, Benjamin Clawhauser. The guy everyone thinks is just a flabby donut loving cop stereotyping you. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. Oh. You've actually you've actually um, got there's a in your neck, the fault the, the fault. Oh, the fault. <laughs> you went, you little dickens. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should have a roll call, so <laughs> it's sad because I've had it happen to me before. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I love Clawhouse, right? But listen, I think my favorite goes to Mr. Big. I just, <laughs> gosh, I laugh so hard when he comes on screen. You're coming to me on a blame of my daughter's wedding. Oh, so good. So good. Um, well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us for Zootopia Talk. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Um, tell everyone, I know you mentioned Skywalking 113, but tell everyone all about your stuff and where they can find you and that sort of thing. Sure. So, yeah, you can find Skywalking Through Neverland uh, skywalkingthroughneverland.com and we are at skywalkingpod on Twitter and Instagram and I am at Jedi Tink on Twitter and Instagram where you can find lots of photos of my Forces of Destiny dolls because I like doing that. And what else? Oh yeah, and then of course Teresa and I are on Fangirls Going Rogue where we talk Star Wars. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I love what you guys do with Skywalking. You're, you are one of the positive forces in fandom, and, oh. and we really appreciate you guys. And uh, hopefully, I don't know, I doubt I'll be down to Florida to run, but maybe there'll be an event where we can see you in person at some point, where I'll be around to see you in person, and not just Like Teresa. maybe 2019 and the opening of Star Wars Land over there? Could very well be. You never know. <laughs> I may be having to move back to back further south than where I am now, so I can just be there on a regular basis. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Yay! Well, that is it, Teresa. Our next episode is going to be Moana. It is. Well, until then, tell everyone how they can uh, get in touch with us. You can contact us via email at vaulttalk at gmail.com. It has two T's in the middle, vaulttalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Talk. But you can also go on Facebook to Guardians of the Gullivers. It is our Facebook group. An easy way to get there is to go to geekoutonline.com slash group. And that will take you right there to the group. There are some screening questions that you have to answer. Otherwise, we won't let you in. So please make sure that you do that. You can find us on Twitter. We are at Disney Vault Talk and on Instagram. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Ice Cold Penguin. Steve is at Steve Glosson. And you can follow the entire Gulliver's network of podcasts and shows at Gulliver's. And you can support the shows by using the Amazon links that you'll find at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com, as well as Amazon links. We have Entertainment Earth links and Think Geek links. And right now, if you want to pre-order tickets for The Last Jedi through Fandango, you can do so. And if you do that before October 23rd, 
you can get a free Last Jedi poster while supplies last through the links that we provide for you there. So help us out and do that. We want to thank Tops for their sponsorship of this episode and the entire Golaverse. And uh, don't forget to check out all their card trader apps and uh, look for that Last Jedi series of trading cards. It's a good series. I really dig it. Um, and if you want to trade some stuff, get in touch with me. I'll be glad to. I'll be glad to work out some card trades with you. It'll be fun. We'll be we'll be besties trading cards. Be like the old days. And um, uh, if you want to support the shows directly, you can do so through our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/GeekOutLoud. Uh, I will mention that right now over at Geek Out uh, Geek Out Loud, we're doing our Stranger Things rewatch. Uh, we've we've finished two chapters. And uh, coming up throughout the week, leading to the big debut of Stranger Things 2 uh, on Netflix on the 27th of October, we'll be doing an episode a day at Geek Out Loud. So check it out as we watch TV and talk over it while you listen. Um, Again, thanks to Sarah. It was great. Good times. Good fun. We appreciate you coming on. Hope this isn't the last time. We hope to get you on many more times with us. Absolutely. And just remember, anyone can be anything <laughs> remember blood 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 guts 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 and until next time i'm steve and i'm Teresa. may all your days be magical and may all your wishes come true we'll see you on the next vault talk everybody i won't give up